Yeah, that soccer show is proud to be a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Go check out all the great coverage of soccer in the Carolinas at soccer, the letter N, sweettea.com. This is Yeah, That Soccer Show. Your one-stop shop for all your soccer coverage in Greenville and the upstate. We want this show to be driven by you, so make sure you send us an email at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at YTSS Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in, everybody, once again to another episode of Yeah, That Soccer Show. This is episode number 59, titled Gold Town Road, because the Greenville Triumph went down to Dallas and walked away with a win. Not only a win, a big win, and we're going to break all of that down. Also on the show today, we're going to talk about a potential Triumph signing. We're going to look at the uh, remaining outlook for the season for USL League One update the table where we stand there and then preview a rivalry match against Tormenta. Wanted to talk a little bit today. Initially, I thought I might talk a little bit about uh, NISA as a league in ISA and what it might mean for the NPSL Southeast Conference as there's been some movement over the last week. But I want to make sure I am fully prepared to talk about that from every angle. So I want to do a little bit more research, but hopefully that will be a topic on next week's episodes. Make sure you tune in for that. And hey, you know what? If I get it all put together and I have a wild hair, I might even record a special bonus episode just to talk about that. So be on the lookout for that. But first up on the docket today, we want to talk about the Greenville Triumph going down to Dallas to face North Texas SC, the team at the top of the table, a team that had not been beaten at home, and our boys in green and blue walking away with a 4-0 victory over North Texas. I don't want to hear any arguments from any fans down in Dallas about uh, any asterisk or anything like that. Um, Because if you didn't watch the match, about 20 minutes in, the North Texas Team was issued a red card for a brutal kick straight to the face. And it was bad. uh, Straight to the face of Max Hemmings, it was a really bad foul. Uh, You know, when I initially saw it, I thought it was a yellow. And then when they showed the replay and I saw that his studs actually were up high enough to kick Max in the face, uh, that was was an obvious, one of the easiest red cards you'll ever see. It was just a really bad foul from Cirillo there of North Texas. So the Triumph are playing a man up to finish the first half. At halftime, it's nil-nil. I think, you know, at halftime I was a little bit kind of sad about the fact that we hadn't scored. We had had some chances. We obviously were dominating possession. That just kind of is going to happen. And North Texas was not without some opportunities there in the first half. And even in the second half, but uh, felt like, man, gosh, just wish we would have capitalized, was worried, hey, is this going to be one of those draws on the road that re- that really could have and should have been a win? And then the boys went into the halftime locker room, and I don't know what Coach Harks said to them in there, but 
my goodness, they came out on fire in the second half. Um, the scoring started in the 62nd minute with Tyler Pollock laying it off to Aaron Walker at the top of the box and just lasering it into the bottom corner there. Uh, great goal for him. And as I was typing and tweeting about that goal, I nearly missed Jake's goal two minutes later in the 64th minute where he completely nutmegged the goalie on a breakaway to put the team up 2-0. At that point, you're feeling great. It's like, oh my gosh, we're going to get a multi-goal win, potentially a multi-goal differential. Uh, we haven't done that a lot as a team. We're, you know, We've talked a lot about the scoring woes and being the lowest scoring team in the league. So, you know, I kind of felt at 2-0, I felt, hey, this is good. They always say 2-0 is the most dangerous lead in soccer, but I felt good about it. And then just a few minutes later in the 70th minute, there's kind of a wonky, I think Carlos maybe, or, or I can't remember who crossed it in, fell to Carlos. He he has a defender right on his back who kicks it from behind him trying to clear it. It deflects off of another defender and just lands at Jake's feet right in front of the goalie. He puts it in. And then uh, and then in the 88th minute, the Triumph get a penalty call in their favor. And we talked last week on the show about who would take penalties. You know, I had said potentially Cole Seiler would be somebody I would consider. Cole wasn't in the match. He didn't play in this match. He didn't start. He didn't come in as a reserve. Uh, but you had a guy who had just come on, Edmundo Robinson, subbing in uh, around the 60th minute he's on the field and it's not Jake going to the spot it's Edmundo and Edmundo puts it away with confidence and that's your 4-0 victory the the league obviously recognized how big of a deal this was no team had beaten uh North Texas at home Greenville had not scored four goals in a match all season I think it was maybe I don't know I mean it was just a big it was a big eyebrow raiser across the league. Meanwhile, you had some teams kind of in this race for the playoffs, this middle of the pack, middle of the table, all getting good results in terms of, a, as a Triumph fan, draws and, and losses where they needed to happen to set us up for a good run to the playoffs here at the end. But the league recognizing three players on the team of the week, Tyler Pollock, Aaron Walker, and Jake Keegan. And Tyler Pollock getting the actually getting nominated as the player – of the the week for the league. Now, while Tyler did not score, he had two assists and really, man, he was, he was a driving force for a lot of the offense that the triumph saw in this match. He is a guy, you know, earlier in the season, uh, I was a little critical of Tyler in an article and on one of the podcasts. And honestly, ever since that show, every week since then, he's gone out of his way to, uh, prove me wrong. And he's been very, very good since those early season woes. So I'm chalking that up to maybe that was just some chemistry stuff because he's he's looked really good and he's earned uh, that regular captain armband. I know Aaron had switched off with him a little bit earlier in the season, but Tyler is a, if you watch him play, he's a he's a leader on the field and, uh, and very well-deserved honor as the player of the week in USL League One this week. So uh, before we take a break, I want to talk about something that I have heard from a couple of different people. Um, I won't go as far as to call them sources because they're not direct uh, direct links. They're just kind of indirect things I've heard that the Triumph are really looking to sign someone. 
I was told that uh, they were hoping to sign someone before this weekend. I feel like as I sit here on Wednesday night, I feel like that's less likely now. Um, But Coach Harks has talked many times about wanting to add to this roster, especially before the lockout date, which I think is the first week of September. So I'm expecting over the next month to hear of at least one signing. I know there's guys that have – wanted to come try out for the team. They've wanted to sign. They're looking for opportunities to come here and play. Now that some of these lower leagues are done, the NPSLs, the UPSLs, there's maybe some standout players in those leagues that are looking for a chance. I don't know that any of those players would necessarily come in and start right away, but I also think you're seeing MLS players and USL players getting cut or getting pushed to the side. Those seasons are kind of getting to the point where people are knowing whether or not they're going to have an active role or not. So I had been told that there's a possibility that the team is looking that the signing that they were trying to do this week might be a loan, either a signing or a loan. I'm not really sure. Uh, the person I heard it from was not very sure either. The people that I heard it from were not very sure. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I have my ear to the ground. I'm hoping we hear something in the next couple of weeks. It could be exciting, but look, here's the deal. The way this team has played over the last several games, they don't – I don't think they – I'm not as stressed about them having to sign someone anymore. I There was a point maybe a month ago where I felt like this team needed another piece in order to compete for a playoff spot or compete for a championship. I'm feeling less and less like that the, the better they get. The last – and we'll talk about it on the back half of the podcast, but they, they've looked really good recently. Their form is very good. Even though they lost the last home game, everything around that game has looked very good for them. So the team's got some momentum going their way, and the schedule is lining up for them. I think I think we've got something in the works here. And, hey, if we can add a really strong piece to it that won't come in and disrupt chemistry – and can get some solid minutes or even some starting minutes. Um, I'd be excited to see that. I, I've really liked the pairing of Carlos and Jake up top. Uh, I mean, I, I love Cameron Saul as much as the next guy, but uh, I would love to continue to see the the Gomez-Keegan tandem and what they can do as they continue to grow in their chemistry. So we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to look at the remaining of the, the remainder of the season, where the table stands currently on Wednesday night. There was two games tonight, so I waited till they were both over so I could get the most up-to-date table, and, uh, and what that might mean for the Triumph going forward, and then we'll preview this weekend's matchup at home against South Georgia Tormenta. Welcome back into episode number 59 of Yeah, That Soccer Show. We are, we've, we just broke down the win at North Texas. We talked a little bit about the dynamics of the team, a potential signing. And now I want to talk a little bit about where the Triumphs stand within USL League One currently. So even with the big win on the road, the Triumphs still sitting in seventh place, but tied on points with FC Tucson. Uh, who is right there with them. In, they're in sixth place, but tied on points there. Um, however, it gets a little wonky because there are some teams that have played far more games or some teams that have played a few more games. Uh, for example, Orlando City's played 20. Lansing Ignite has now played 21 games, while the Triumph have only played 17. So, And there's some teams that have played 18. So the the 
even though we're sitting in seventh, we're not, I don't think that that's really an accurate depiction of where we are in the schedule. Um, so, but if you do points per game, it's, it's still relatively the same. We're, we're right there in that middle of the pack. But honestly, I think the way it lines up now, it seems like with uh, with only eight games remaining, Orlando City is virtually eliminated from the playoffs. I think Richmond uh, is not looking great to make the playoffs either. They're down there pretty well. And uh, Toronto's going to be an interesting one. At, they currently sit at eighth. We play them three times in the next 11 matches. And I think the way that we play against Toronto, two of those games are in Canada, which is not not great for us. But I think the way that we play against them will really say a lot about whether we have a shot at the playoffs and will say a lot about whether they have a shot at the playoffs. Right now, I think it's um, not optimistic for them to make it. Um, just because they have a a pretty decently uh, they have a decently easy schedule, but I also think uh, we don't really know. I don't feel like I know as much about Toronto as I do most of these other teams. I just don't. They're very inconsistent. Um, so let's break into let's look into some of these stats. But anyway, I was saying all that those two teams, the Kickers and Orlando City, I think are pretty much well out of it. Uh, on the other side, uh, North Texas and even I would say Tormenta seem to have nearly locked in their place in the playoffs. I think some things would have to go very, very wrong for either of them to miss it. Although Tormenta does have the second hardest schedule remaining uh, in their 11 games. So you never know. I mean, they, they could be stuck right where they're at. Things don't go their way. They have a lot of hard matchups coming up, and teams could leapfrog them. So I don't, I don't want to pin them in. Um, I think it'd be it would be kind of surprising if they fell out of the playoffs, but uh, it's definitely not beyond the realm of possibility. But positions three to eight right now. Uh, currently, Lansing Ignite, Forward Madison, Chattanooga Red Wolves, FC Tucson, Greenville Triumph and Toronto FC2, uh, I think that those six teams are competing for two playoff spots because, like I said, I think Texas is pretty much all but in, and I think it would take such a catastrophic fall for Tormenta to not make it that I'm just penciling them in. So I'm saying there's two other spots up for grabs and six teams that are relatively close, tight in the in the table there uh, that could that – could secure those two spots. So let's look at those six teams and what the outlook looks like for them. Currently Lansing Ignite sit in that three spot on uh, 30 points, but they have 21 games that they have played. So they've played uh, the most games of anyone else in the league of their remaining seven, five are at home and two are on the road. That is, that lines up well for them. Um, but if I'm looking at the fact that they've got four games in hand on Tucson and Greenville, the other two of the other teams in that uh, in that six, and three games in hand on the other teams, they're five points ahead of fourth and fifth place. They're seven points ahead of sixth and seventh, and eighth place. So there there's only seven points and. Seven points and four games uh, ahead of 
the triumph for the purposes of this conversation. I think that that's, uh, you know, you would expect with four in the, in the span of four games that the triumph could come up with seven points. You would hope (laughs) if they're going to make a legitimate push to the playoffs. And uh, when I look at average points for average points per game up to this point in the season, based on matches that have already been played, the Triumph are averaging 1.34, 1.35 points per game. So if you multiply that out by four, that would only give them five and a half points ish, a little bit less. So that would not be enough to catch them. However, looking at the remaining schedule, the Triumph have the second easiest schedule only behind Lansing in their remaining games. So it might not mean that they can jump Lansing, but I do think that they can jump some of these other teams. And I actually think that they can jump Lansing. I, I'm optimistic looking at the schedule. Um, you know, Lansing has the easiest remaining schedule, but they also have the least games. So there's less, less opportunities there. And if they, if they lose one or if they draw a couple, that hurts them a lot more than if the Triumph lose or draw a game here or there. Now, obviously, we need some wins. Um, we need as many points as possible. But Lansing's going to be an interesting one. I think playing as many games early and having less games down the stretch, you know, they're kind of – it's nice that they're sitting in a playoff spot, but it's not like they're at the top of the table. They're sitting in third right now. They're going to play this weekend, and they're going to be at 22 games. They're going to only have six games remaining after Saturday, and they're going to have to sit back and watch a lot of these other teams uh, try to chase them, and they can't really do much about it. And I don't think that's – if I'm a Lansing fan, that's not a place I'm excited to be. I would have hoped with with this many games in that I would be be a little bit closer to the top of the table and have a little bit more distance uh, between me and the teams chasing my playoff spot. Forward Madison currently sits in fourth. They've played 18 games, so they have one game in hand over Greenville because they played tonight. They got a big win tonight. Um – and they currently sit at 25 points. They have uh, 10 games remaining, six at home, four on the road, and they have the fifth fifth hardest, fifth easiest schedule. So they're right in the middle of the pack in terms of their schedule remaining. Um, they, Forward Madison and Greenville, over their last five games, are the two hottest teams in the league right now. Both of those teams earning 10 points over their last five matchups. So Madison and Greenville making a push here. They've kind of both been sitting down there in the 7-8 spot for a while. Um, but you see what happens. The, Madison was uh, behind Greenville last weekend, when, or last week when we did the, the preview. Greenville was in 7th. Madison was in 8th. Greenville gets a win on the road. Madison gets a, gets a win today. Um, and they got a win over the weekend, and you see now they're up in the playoff spot. So this is this is how easy and how quickly the tables can adjust and shift. So even though we won and we didn't move a position, I'm less concerned about it because we're we're making progress and we're 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 putting the footsteps in behind. We're getting behind these guys that are ahead of us, and some of them that already have games in hand on us. Uh, so Chattanooga Red Wolves, first position out of the playoffs, are in fifth. They have 25 points as well on 18 games, but they're losing out there on wins. Wins is the first tiebreaker in the league. That's an important stat to know. Um, and then it's goal differential, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so total wins in league is number one. 
than goal differential. So they are in out of the playoffs based on having only six wins to Madison's seven wins. They would have lost out on goal differential anyway. Chattanooga, uh, not looking great. They only have four points in their last five matches, uh, four draws, and then a loss tonight to Lansing. They are, in my opinion, uh, tumbling, and they have the hardest schedule remaining of any team in the league. So Chattanooga has done well to push themselves up, but I think that they – I don't think that they will ultimately make the playoffs if I'm making a prediction. I think they're going to fall short. I think you'll see them push down and maybe finish in in close to where Greenville is now, maybe a seventh or potentially even an eighth spot towards the end of the year. Uh, number six, sixth place right now, FC Tucson. They are tied with Greenville on points, 23 points in 17 games, exactly the same. We have the same amounts of wins. We have the exact same record. They have a one-goal differential difference on us, which, you know, when I think about uh, losing to them uh, by the margin we did, that kind of feels that's just an extra gut punch there. But I think uh, I think Tucson's one to keep an eye on. They have the third-hardest schedule remaining. So I think uh, they're going to – it's going to be difficult for them. But then the thing that lines up nicely for them, of their 11 games remaining – they have seven at home and only four on the road, and the seven at home are in their last eight matches. So they're going to have three on the road here the next three weeks, and then they're going to go seven of eight at home to finish the season. The only road game in that stretch will be at Greenville. Um, so that's going to be – I think Tucson's got – their schedule lines up really well for them. Um, like I said, the team, the caliber of teams they're playing is difficult, but being able to play at home – so many of those games is going to really, really help them. In seventh place is our very own Greenville Triumph. We are uh, we have 11 games left, 23 points on the season so far in 17 games. We have 11 games remaining, five at home, six on the road. Like I said earlier, we have the second easiest schedule remaining in terms of teams we're playing. That lines up great. We're playing Orlando. We're playing Richmond. Uh, we're playing Tucson. We're playing Madison a couple times. Tormenta a couple times. We're, we don't have to play Texas anymore. That's great. Um, but the big question mark for me is we have three games against Toronto. So Toronto is going to be the big the big matchup for us down the stretch. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how we do against them next week because I think that will be very telling uh, about how our march to the playoffs goes. And then Toronto SC2, they sit in eighth place, uh, 23 points as well, but 18 games played. So they we have a game in hand on them. Um, they only have four points in their last five matches, so they are also kind of on the decline. And I, I didn't mention this before either, but Tormenta only has five points in their last five matchups. So they're they're not looking as great either. Uh, could be an interesting, I'm excited to watch and and we'll get into this here in a little bit, but I'm excited to watch Tormenta, uh, this weekend as they match up against Greenville. I think that could, uh, that could be a big game for us if we can get three points out of it. So that's the table update. Like I said, I think, uh, I think the schedule lines up well for Greenville, the teams around them, the teams they're competing with, uh, have difficult schedules, or or not enough games in hand. 
it's just it's going to be interesting because I think Lansing, Lansing being a little bit helpless with having so many games played so far is going to be interesting to see how these other games go. If if there's a little bit of cannibalism here between these other five teams and they all they all split points or one team wins one and the other team wins the other, or there's a lot of draws that will really help Lansing. But if you get one or two or three of these teams getting a string of victories and, uh, and not taking any L's, that's gonna, that's gonna get real nervy, real nervy for the folks up in Michigan. So let's go ahead and preview the next week, the, the next game this weekend versus South Georgia Tormenta, 7 o'clock on Saturday. It's International Night at the Triumph. It's also uh, Finn's Car Wash is sponsoring it. I think they're giving away uh, license plates to the first 1,000 people, I think. So it's going to be a big game, hopefully a good crowd. Uh, I think the crowds have been really good since the Triumph have been doing some promotions. They've been doing the $10 tickets. Uh, it should be another packed house this Saturday uh, this is our rivalry game. This is our our closest team, our big rival. We started, opened the league on the road with a 1-0 loss to Tormenta. We then beat them a couple weeks later at home, 1-0 in the first round of U.S. Open Cup. And then the third time we played them at home, it was a 0-0 draw. So now we're in the third of what will be five matches, unless we play them in the playoffs. Uh so we're going to play them this weekend, and then we're playing them on the road in the regular season finale. And let me just tell you, if we get to the last game of the year on the road against Tormenta and our playoff lives are on the, on the line, I'm going to be real nervous and real, real worried about it. Now, there's a couple of things going for Greenville in this match. First off, the Tormenta coach, John Miglarisi, has been suspended for this game based on some behavior towards the referees in their matchup last week, a draw, 1-1 draw against Lansing. Listen, I don't know if this is a a make-or-break thing, having your coach suspended, but it definitely doesn't help you. Uh, you're used to having a, a, your, your head man in charge, making adjustments in-game. If you ever watch uh, Coach Harks, he's, he's constantly making adjustments in-game. He's constantly coaching from the sideline. And then, of course, the, the halftime – uh, and then pregame even uh, adjustments that they're making are huge. So not having him for this match is uh, it's going to be a detriment to them. How much? I don't know. But these games have been so close and, and so razor thin margin on victory and defeat that it could be enough to give Greenville a leg up. So I'm I'm going to take it. You know I'm going to take anything we can get. Um. So in terms of a prediction for this Saturday. Man, this is such a hard one. But like I said, um, Tormenta has been tumbling a little bit. Five points in their last five matches. Greenville has ten points in their last ten matches. Um, they, I think this lines up well. They're not going to have their coach. Greenville's going to have the full squad, assuming everyone's back and healthy. Um, I think Cole's injury was just a light dust-up. So unless somebody else got hurt this week, I think everybody should be good to go. I th- I think that this could be a good game and a good win for Greenville. I'm going to predict a 2-0 victory for the Triumph at home over our rivals, the Ibises, the fighting Ibises from Statesboro, 
and that we're going to send everybody home happy, and we're going to come out with 26 points, which currently would put us in fourth place, depending on the uh, the schedule and what ha- what else happens on Saturday. Um, that could be that could be a big win. Look, Madison and Tucson play each other uh, on Saturday night, so if they draw, they would each be on 26. Chattanooga, the other team between us and the playoffs, they have North Texas. So, look, I mean, there's a chance that they lose. They're sitting on 25. And then you have a three-way race at 26 between Madison, Tucson, and Greenville. In that case, uh, Greenville, with a seventh win, would jump over Tucson if they got the draw. And Madison, uh, I mean, if we score a goal – then we'll be tied on goal differential with them. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, it, we could come out of this weekend being in a playoff spot or being right there, being right there. So I'm excited. I think I think this weekend's gonna gonna be a big one. And I think uh, when we chat next week, we'll have a, a lot better picture. We've got somewhat of a picture now. I can make some predictions. But I think coming out of this weekend, we're going to see where a lot of these teams stack up. And uh, it would be a big victory for us to pull one over the second-place team in the league. Hey, go back-to-back weeks. Take out the first team in the league and now take out the second team in the league. That would be huge. So uh, I will see you all out at Legacy Early College on Saturday. And we will be right back here with you again next week.